you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of 24-7 Scout and every Cleveland sports blog imaginable. Uh, if I did not write there, then I referenced my draft material back in the day. Uh, it's always fun to sometimes go back and look at all the blogs that no longer exist that I used to write for. Before we get into today's show, I want to thank everyone for making Lockdown Indians your first listen every day. Remember, Lockdown Indians is free and available on all platforms, including uh, whatever you listen to. Uh, so we have a game that feels like it's never going to end. Oh, and it has ended as I was recording. The Indians lose uh, to Kansas City, uh, four to six. Bit of an ugly affair. Uh, as I was following along, I just kind of felt like this was one that uh, was not going to go the Indians' way. Uh, I mean, the starting pitcher for Kansas City got chased out in the first inning with an injury issue, and then they had what one, two, three, four, five, six. Pitchers combined to get the uh, win. Savali had another kind of rough outing. He's been a little bit up and down since he returned from injury. He doesn't pick up the loss in this one. We have uh, four pitchers pitch for Cleveland, three of them giving up runs. So let's dive into this game. After that, uh, we're going to... We're we're hitting the the rundown to the end of the year. I, I think everyone knows and admits that. We'll check in on Tankathon and see where the Indians are, discuss kind of draft position as we have been. And then after that, we will, uh, I've been saving, I did do on a Excel spreadsheet, I didn't write it up like typically, but I have my 2021 Indian shadow draft, so that we go back and discuss what I have on this sheet, uh, just bringing back the draft talk. Uh, this offseason, you know, we're going to go through and look at some things I used to write. I think uh, it'll be kind of fun to go through and look at who would have been better, the Indians picks or my shadow drafts, kind of take a chance through the year, uh, through the years I've been doing these to to do that and see uh, how the overall results, results turn out. And then, uh, you know, also go through and just look at, you know, a lot of historical pieces for the Cleveland Indians as well. Uh, those always are something that uh, fans tend to enjoy. And I tend to enjoy digging into the weeds and finding information uh, you know, as recommended, Pat Tangible uh, underscore Uno, uh, occasional co-host here on the show. Uh, he was talking about players to interview for his one series, and I was like, man, I would love to hear more on Daryl Whitmore. Uh, I did a whole episode on him here on this show because I was just like, that dude is fascinating. Uh, we always think about him as like, wow, it was the really unexpected Rule Five selection by the Florida Marlins. Uh, but it was a fascinating story, and I'd love to hear more from Daryl Whitmore. So uh, things like that will occur. But let's talk about this game, Indians' loss. With this loss, I mean, it's getting harder and harder for this Indians team to be 500 this year. Uh, you know, they, two more losses, and it's impossible. Uh, luckily, there is Texas coming to town, who is currently in a battle. They have the third overall pick with the chance to fall to the fourth overall pick in the draft. And then Kansas City is currently picking ninth, and depending on how well they play, could be eighth, could be tenth. I think they would have a hard time falling to twelfth overall. But now let's discuss the game. Now that we've talked about the ramifications and potential outcomes for 
these teams' futures based on these games. So we had, as I previously mentioned, Brady Singer versus Aaron Savali. Savali goes five and a third, gives up four runs on four hits, a walk, three strikeouts. And when you look at that, that's four runs on essentially five opportunities. The Indians did have an error as well. Uh, but that is a high amount of runs on a relatively limited amount of opportunities. Now, Savali also had a wild pitch. But it comes down to those two home runs. When you're giving up home runs, that's what allows teams to uh, put up more runs on those limited opportunities. That's kind of the great equalizer uh, overall. And, you know, it wasn't a quality start. You can just kind of go there. Quality starts are not the best stat. This was not uh, the best outing. It was passable. But uh, when you look at Savali was doing before he was injured, when there was talk that, like, okay, Shane Bieber's not going to be an all-star, but Savali is putting himself on the radar to be an all-star. Uh, he's he's struggled a little bit since he's come back. It's been up and down. But that was the story last year. And if we really want to dig into Savali, uh, consistency hasn't always been there and, and health hasn't always been there. Now, I'm not saying he should be traded. I'm of the opinion that the Indians have six potential starters for next year. They need to keep all of them. I get hit with a lot of questions about, oh, what happens if we trade? Should we trade? Please sack this. No, don't trade any starter. I also don't think Savali is a slam dunk. Uh, I think there's enough on the margins there where you're kind of like, huh. Now, I, I think he's more of a mid to back end guy to begin with, but uh, there was a point in time where, I mean, there was some hope, I think, from all of us that he was maybe taking a step forward, but I, I don't know if that's necessarily going to occur. This team might be Shane Bieber in like four, three, three, four, five types. Uh, this is not, I guess what I'm trying to say is this is not what this team was five years ago where they had, you know, five by FIP, five of the best 15 pitchers in baseball. That's not what they're building right now. That is not what they have. That was lightning in a bottle. That was the best pitching this team has had since they had multiple hall of famers, uh, is the best pitching in probably this organization's had since, what, the 50s? I mean, you're talking about almost, what, 70 years? It was, it was their best pitching grouping in, in about 70 years. And, yeah, maybe some of these other guys will come up, and maybe some of them will set the world on fire. But when you go through their prospect base, they have a lot of names in there. Uh, but there's not that high, high ceiling. There's a lot of solid bets to be solid starters. But, uh, yeah, I just... I guess that's my thing, like not to run this team down. It's more just let's be realistic. Like what we saw, uh, you know, during that great run. I know it only uh, there was the one World Series and some first round fumbles, but that rotation, the the rotation they had when they got to the World, and I know that rotation was actually beat up, but when you know Danny Salazar goes away and Clevenger enters the picture. When uh, you're adding a Shane Bieber to what is already Corey Kluber, who's one of you know the five greatest Indians pitch starters in my lifetime, Carlos Carrasco, whose you know name is in the Indians record books when you look down the list for pitchers, that grouping of you know just at peak Carrasco is is a, a one two type. Kluber was a an ace. Bieber was an ace. Clevenger, when he was healthy, was an ace. Bauer. Had one year where he was an ace, and the rest of the time he was kind of more of a back-end-ish guy. Uh, those are, you know, five there, and I know I'm, I'm leaving people off uh, because obviously there was more than just this grouping, and, uh, you know, sometimes we have brain farts and they happen. But that grouping, you know, the 
I guess, you know, kind of throwing in Bieber to get you six there. But that grouping is kind of like the 1990s Indians offensively. Uh, what we saw in pitching is probably never going to be matched again. Just like that 90s Indians offense is like one of the top five offenses in baseball history. That is something we'll never match, uh, likely in our lifetimes or see. And you just have to enjoy the fact you got to see it. That is what that rotation was. I, to, I, I, the Indians can have a very good rotation, but when they were peak, when they had that grouping of pitchers, those guys coming up, just replacing other players, when, you know, I, I don't think I mentioned Danny Salazar in there uh, before he got hurt. I mean, his high peak with that listing uh, was, I mean, he was, his stuff was as good as anyone's. And to have essentially like seven straight aces kind of emerge where Carlos Carrasco and Trevor Bauer are the low men in that group is amazing and something we're unlikely to see. And they had the best rotation in baseball by a significant margin. And even when they lost players, even when someone like Danny Salazar has a catastrophic injury, they somehow found another ace or one of their pitchers found another level. Uh, it was phenomenal. And I like the rotation they have now. I'm feeling much better about their pitching depth going forward. But I just want to, I want people to take a second and realize that you just got to experience the 90s again. Yes, the 90s team made it to two World Series instead of one, but it was a similar kind of run, similar kind of situation, but instead of being one of the best hitting performances in Indians history, it was the one of the best pitching performances in Indians history, and bad luck happened. Uh, and the, I mean, I'm always going to go back to that Yankee series. Why Carrasco, who had been your number two pitcher in the second half, is not your, your big game pitcher in that series? Why... A hurt Kluber gets two starts and Bauer gets two starts. That is always that's going to be the thing that sticks in my craw from now until the end of time. But let's get back to this game, right? Oh, I am running long and I haven't even discussed the game. Uh, why don't we take a break and we'll come back and do this game kind of more in depth and in detail? So if you're looking for me last week in the Spotify green room, I I just I blanked. I didn't. It's the first time in months I missed a week. Uh, it happened. Like I said, for the first time since we started this partnership with the Spotify Green Room, normally you have a chance to talk with me every Saturday night, talk about your frustrations, your enjoyment. Uh, you never know who's going to jump in. I've talked about, we've had, I one time had a whole discussion with someone who used to work for the Cleveland Indians. One time I had a whole discussion with someone where he talked about like uh, Indians players and their Japanese uh, baseball careers. Uh, it actually leads to one of my favorite like random facts about the Indians and Ramirez is maybe I'll use that as something as a trivia bit later on in a show episode but it's just it's the evolution of the chat room it's a chance to sit down talk with I hate calling myself an expert some people do give me that label or guru or whatever you want to label me but someone like me and others and talk about the things you love in an environment that uh, fosters uh, encouraging conversation and then if someone is not doing that we have the ability to remove them from the room it's it's a fun situation. It's the evolution of the chat room. Join me on Saturday nights in the Green Room app. So betonline.ag, we have talked about many times on this show. Uh, one of our official partnerships is with them, and they have the best deal we have ever had right now. NFL 100 is the deal, and NFL 100 gets you uh, 100% match on your first deposit. That's a 100% match. I, I don't think we've ever used 100% on anything. That's utterly phenomenal. Let's go see what they think the Indians' chances are tomorrow. But remember, again, the code of NFL100 to get a 
uh, match welcome bonus. That is, you're never going to get a better deal than that anywhere over at Bet Online. Now let's go look at baseball. Let's see what they are thinking for Wednesday. Uh, if the Cleveland Indians with Dan, with Zach Plesak, wow. Remember yesterday I wanted to say Paul Quantrell and now I'm saying Dan Plesak. Apparently I'm just thinking about the old Blue Jays bullpen. We got Plesak versus Daniel Lynch. It's in Kansas City. So unsurprisingly, it's a plus one and a half for Kansas City. I, this isn't one of those I'm feeling super confident about. The ones where I've given you guys out there and, uh, you know, kind of the slam dunks when those pop up. But I do prefer the Indians in this one because they've played well against Daniel Lynch this year. Uh, it's a lineup that does better against lefties in general. Lynch has been a little up and down. Plesak is vanilla, but he's a solid 4-5 type. Uh, again, it's not a slam dunk, but I disagree with Bet Online in this one. If you agree or if you disagree with me, remember to go to Bet Online today. Use that promo code LOCKED, or I'm sorry, NFL100 to get a 100% match on your first deposit. Thanks again for making Locked on Indians your first listen every day. We're going to cover uh, the rest of this loss to the Royals and uh, make sure that your second listen is uh, Sully over at the Locked on MLB podcast. I love Sully. Great dude. Great show. So we didn't get to get into the weeds of this game yet. Uh, I got on a tangent. Was not planning to talk about my comparison point, but now I actually really like it. That the you know the past few years, that peak, those seven pitchers that went through, they were all like all-star level performers. Were all amongst the top. I mean, at peak, every single one of those guys was a top ten pitcher in baseball in a season. Like that's just the truth of it. That is an unbelievable run, and that's why now I talked about. I don't know if this this grouping has that ceiling. I don't know, like, Quantrell has been amazing in the second half, what he's done, but this might be peak. What Zach Plesak did last year, that's probably his peak. Savale has been, we talked about his inconsistencies. McKenzie might be the guy. He might be the player where the ceiling is higher. And you go down to the prospect pool, and Espino's the the big, you know, I, I skipped over Eli Morgan. Uh, again, I think he's there's a chance for a Tomlin, a plus Tomlin, which is a very good thing, too. Uh, I, I like the pitching staff. It's just, it's not that seven guys being where they were. So let's talk about the Indians versus the Royals, a loss that takes them to 77 and 80. Still second place in the American League Central, by the way, in spite of that. Uh, so Savale, I already did his line earlier. If you missed it, five one third innings, four runs on four hits, a walk, three strikeouts, and the two home runs. Anthony Ghost comes in, point uh, goes two-thirds of an inning, blanks. Blake Parker, one and one-third of an inning. He gave up one hit, which uh, turned into a run. Three strikeouts. Uh, ERA is still under three for him. Not ERA, imperfect, let's be honest. Brian Shaw, two-thirds of an inning. Gives up one run on one hit and one walk. This strikeout, too. You have wild pitches for Savali Shaw and Irvin Santana in this one. Savali had 90 pitches in those five and a thirds. Only 56 for strikes, so he was not sharp. Uh, the game was three hours and 24 minutes, and it felt even longer. So it's just one of those games I felt like it was never going to end. Who reached base twice for the Indians in this one? Well, they actually had a, a smattering of walks throughout, so you get a few people. Jose Ramirez had two hits and a walk. Fran Mil Reyes had a hit and a walk. And Roberto Perez had a hit and a walk for the Indians. Extra base-wise, Straw, Jose Ramirez, and Yu Chen Chang uh, all had doubles. Straw. I'm kind of curious to see how close he is to like 30 doubles and 30 stolen bases. He he's never going to be a 30-30 power guy. You know, it's just the laugh because he's actually hit for more power since he's come to the Indians uh, than he really has shown for his, his career. 
I mean, the guy has uh, five home runs for his career, and four have come this year, two since he came to Cleveland. Stolen base-wise, where is he at? I mean, he's at 28. So you're looking at 30 doubles, 30 stolen bases, and potential gold glove defense. He has 665 OPS with Houston since he's come to Cleveland, 750. Uh, man, I love that trade. <laughs> I'm just going to keep... But, I mean, if you listen to this show, and I say that a lot, you know I've been a fan of Straw for years now, and I was so juiced when that trade happened. And I don't get everything right, but this is one where you can see why uh, I was very happy about this deal. Uh, you know, I forgot to... I somehow missed Andres Jimenez also had two hits. We've been talking about him of late. He's really performing well since he's kind of settled into an everyday role for the Cleveland Indians. Uh, Yu Chen Chang is playing a lot, and we mentioned he reached base twice, but there he, he's Tony Clark in it. Like, he'll be third base one day, first base another day, second base short. They're really having him go out there and play a lot of different positions. I was just kind of pulling up him and as his game logs. The last time that he started and did not at least have a hit was September 20th against Kansas City. Uh, you've seen his batting average... See, when he got called up on September 1st, it was sitting at 192. It is now up to 218. Uh, you know, he's not necessarily like destroying the baseball, but his OPS over the month of September is, if I can do quick, I think it's like 690. No, that's not right at all. Uh, if you do that, it'd be a 5, it'd be a, a 790, almost an 800 OPS. Uh, that's solid for a guy who, you know, before he got called up, his OPS was. 572. So he has really played well in September. OPS is over 200 points higher. He's producing power. He's getting on base. He's also walking a little. No, he's only got one walk. That's a lie. Uh, for some reason, in my head is like, oh, he walks. No, he doesn't. He doesn't walk. <laughs> That's, that is incorrect. But he does have three home runs, four doubles, and has just he's settled into that role and has looked really good. And you make that trade for Lindor, and he is the centerpiece. There is no doubt in my mind. He is the centerpiece in that trade. Uh, you got to open next year with him at shortstop. And if you keep him ed, left field, second base, figure it out. But one of those places, let the better defender play that position. Please, 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 going forward. So who are the three stars in this one? I'm just going to move past the pitching. I don't think anyone really did enough there. Jose Ramirez with two hits, one being a double and a walk. He had three times he reached base. You give him one. Uh, Yu Chen Chang, who I believe knocked in the fourth run with his double in the eighth. Uh, you know, I guess we should talk about the, the way this game went because it's a little bit ridiculous. So I just want to talk about the first inning in particular where you get a double by straw to lead off, then a walk, then a single. So bases are loaded. Fran Mill singles. At this point in time, you have Cleveland with a 2 nothing, 2 nothing lead. Runners at first and third. Uh, nobody out. Harold Ramirez, double play. Well, that's that's unfortunate uh, right there. But a run does score to make it 3 nothing. Uh, so the bases are now empty, and then Bradley Zimmer uh, lines out to center field. Uh after that, I mean, they got one in the eighth, and uh, that, that's all that she wrote. Uh, Salvador Perez with his 47th home run. No one predicted this. Nobody would have put money on it at all. Uh, if you could have, I don't even know if you could have picked uh, Salvi to be your home run champion, but what a weird year. So, yeah, for the Indians, your three stars. Jose Ramirez, Yu Chen Chang. They each had extra base hits. Ramirez reached base three times. Chang twice. 
Uh, so it comes down to, I'm going to give it to Jimenez. Two hits is better than a hit and a walk. Uh, I mean, I don't want to devalue a walk, but a walk is not as valuable as a hit because there's a better chance to advance a runner. Uh, a walk is still very valuable. It's like one being worth one, one being worth nine tenths. Like it's not, when you have to compare them, you would prefer the hit. But uh, over the course of a, a season, you should be happy with every walk. Yeah, just one of those games. It's a, it's a weird one because they have the pitcher on the ropes. The starter gets taken out due to injury. And then they can't touch the... Well, I mean, they what? They got six hits and three walks off the bullpen, and that turned into one run. Uh, I, I guess, again, it's what I've talked about all year. I'm looking at individual performers and performance. Uh, wins and losses... I, I, I honestly, and this might be sacrilegious to say, I almost prefer the loss. Uh, get, let's get a little higher in the draft. Let's, this team does so well with their draft. They do so well with such things. Uh, getting higher, getting more money to spend, having more of a position. I put together my initial draft list today. And, should well, third segment, I'll tell you who is the player that you should probably red circle if he's there for the Indians with that pick. Uh, I'll give you the the player who I'm likely going to mock to them in my way too early mock. Uh, there's some really interesting players. Maybe I'll try to do like a a player a week. We'll figure out when I'm going to do that, but I'll, I'll profile a draft player a week on the show. Maybe we can get someone other than Indians fans to, uh, to join in and listen if I'm doing some more draft stuff, uh, just driving up our numbers because that's always a good thing. I'll discuss that, and then I will talk about the Indian shadow draft uh, on the second, on the third segment as well. So quick commercial break and we'll come back and talk. You know, I love Bilt Bar and right now they got a special flavor. You want to act fast because cherry lime is not going to be there for long. Who doesn't love things cherry lime? On top of that right now, puffs are back. I've talked about how I love puffs. Uh, I got the banana cream ones when they had those, but coconut marshmallow and mint marshmallow puffs along with the cherry lime flavor. Uh, I feel like that's probably going to be delicious. I I just I did an order too recently or I'd be all over this. I, I'd be getting the coconut marshmallow puff personally for me. I'm not as much of a mint guy and the cherry lime. Uh, it's just too good to pass on. These are you want to hop on and then use the promo code LOCKED15. That's what I use to uh, get 15% off my order. And the way they get you back is, man, you get Built Bucks. Every time I put in an order, I'm saving 5 bucks on my next order. It's all delicious. All built bites right now are $29.95. That's a, a special deal they got going as well. So much goodness. Go check out Built Bar for yourself. It is delicious. It is good for you. Uh, it is the best tasting bar I have ever had, and my health grading app gives it an A. Check out Built Bar for yourself. It's just delightful. So I know I did the tease that I was going to uh, tell you that I kind of already found the player that uh, really checks all the boxes and I would put as the betting favorite for the Indians 2021 draft pick. Now, things could certainly change, of course. Uh, It's ridiculous to think that a selection that I am putting on the board now could end up being true. Uh, That only happens if you're the Chicago White Sox, where I did that in back-to-back years. But there is a player that stands out. Now, I put a tweet out today. If that gets 50 retweets over at Jeff MLB Draft, I will reveal who I think that player is before uh, my way too early mock uh, drops at the end of the year. So I'm going to hold on to that bit of information and then we'll discuss the uh, all the, the reasons why I think that's going to happen. For those who are not familiar, the way my way too early mock has always worked is 
for all the teams that get eliminated who don't get to the postseason, I drop a mock draft and I have a pick and a sleeper pick. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be releasing that over on my website, uh, mlbdraftnow.blogspot.com. Very uh, slowly updated place because I'm doing this podcast (laughs) quite often and I have two kids and something had to give. And unfortunately, it was writing. Speaking of writing, I didn't get a chance to write up my shadow draft. And I talked about this at the top of the show. So that'd be a fun thing to do today uh, in honor of doing other draft work. I already kind of had my head in that mindset. So I thought I'd just dive head first into this. So how this works is I, I look at who the Indians took. I have the same amount of money to spend they spent. I cannot spend more. I could spend less, but I cannot spend more than what the Indians spent. So I'm going to kind of go through and explain uh, thought process on, on these. And I may not get through all of the first 10 picks today. If not, uh, Pat, I believe, is hosting for Thursday. But then I will do what's left of my picks for Friday show. So right off the bat was the hardest debate I had. And that shouldn't be a surprise. It's, you know, the first rounder. It's the most opportunities to begin with. I really like Gavin Williams. Uh, at the end of the day, he was 26th on my big board, 25th on my big board, I'm sorry. And there were a few players I liked more. And even as I look at this now, I'm like, why did I put Ty Madden in front of him? I liked Williams more than Madden. That's just me bowing to peer pressure. That is me being foolish uh, right there. So, I mean, he should have been probably one spot higher. The rest of these, you know, I, I feel pretty confident in. Uh, the thing is, like, I really tried to make... Bubba Chandler work because um, he was 20th on my big board. Uh, but there was a player higher. There was a player. My 16th overall player was still on the board. And as much as I liked Gavin Williams and as much as I often give the tie to the player the Indians select in the shadow draft, this is a, you know, a nine spot, really probably should have been an eight spot differential. And they signed for the same amount of buddy, mo- buddy, no money, and the guy I liked was Joshua Baez. Now, Will Taylor, uh, a lot of people loved, who is going to Clemson, did not sign. Uh, I had him rated higher. I had him hi- rated higher than a few of the other prep outfielders. He also throws really hard, and he's super young for the class, and he's a cold-weather player. Six foot three, didn't turn 18 until the end of June. His exit velocity was 99.74 percentile. Uh, his lowest bat speed test was 97.7 percentile. Uh, he did everything, and it is funny. Wow, <laughs> I had forgot that I had written this up. Uh, I have a hard time seeing him get past the Cardinals. I ended up being right. Now they got him in the second round, not the first round. But man, I uh, I certainly I'm I'm patting myself on the back right now. I had forgotten they had written that in there, uh, and they paid him as much as the Indians paid Gavin Williams. They paid him like a first rounder. They were able to get him in the second. Williams is a fine pick. Williams was my runner-up here, uh, but I, I couldn't ignore the physical tools. And because there's such great pitching depth in this class, I was more willing to run with a bat. Uh, second round, Doug Nikhazy, who, you know, I, I was going through data today as I worked on my old one. He, or I worked on this year, he had, you know, some of the best strikeout per nine data of any pitcher in college baseball. It's also weird. Like I see more of a reliever. I don't love the the delivery and mechanics. Dylan Smith, I actually had rated above Gavin Williams, but I can understand going with Gavin Williams over him. Dylan Smith, though, I had let's see, twenty third on my board. Now some people thought he's a two pitch guy, a reliever, kind of raw. 
Dylan Smith put up better numbers than Doug. I mean, arguably similar. He, he was, there were things he did better than Nikhazy. Uh He's more athletic. He's got more, you know, uh, ceiling, I thought. There's just more growth potential. Another one of those very young for the class didn't turn 21 until the end of May. And he also got a signing bonus that was, uh, what, almost 100000 less than Nikhazy. So that saves me some money to use elsewhere. I didn't, you know, Nikhazy didn't make my top, what was my final big board this year? Did I go out to 50? I think I went out to 50. Uh, I went out to 52 in a bonus. Uh, he did not make my board. Smith was in the 20s, and he's cheaper, easy. Kept Tommy Mace. Uh, I was fine with that pick there. Kept Jake Fox. I was fine with that. Kept Ryan Webb. I loved that pick. I thought that was a... Phenomenal pick. I'm still surprised he got under. He went for under slot. Tanner Bibby, I was not as high on. Uh, so instead, I put out Nico Cavadis, who was my bonus player from my big board, and he's a DH, uh, maybe a first baseman. Very limited, but dude just hits. He got better every year. Hit in the Cape. Hit at Notre Dame. Uh, have bat will travel, and the Indians have drafted some first basemen, mostly prep first basemen, kind of in those middle rounds. But I really like Nico Cavadis. I and he's slightly cheaper than BB uh, right there, so that was an easy one uh, for me. He was the highest rated player that was signable that I had at that point in the draft on my board. I like Davenport quite a bit, uh, you know, 80 grade flow and fastball slider, uh, maybe a reliever, but it, there's a lot of he's a guy who has arrow upwards attributes. Uh, kept Leftwich, kept Rodney Boone. Uh, kept Will Dion, and then my other change because I had saved that money earlier with some of those picks with uh, Cavadas and Dylan Smith. It gave me the ability to go get Braylon Bishop, and Braylon Bishop is one of those players where you know uh, the Indians there took Franco Allman, and he got about thirty. I'm sorry, he got three hundred. No, he got about thirty k over slot. I had that extra money to allow me to go. 130k, 125k, if we're being honest, over slot. Braylon Bishop had first round hype at various points. Uh, he was a player who, you know, just uber athlete. Uh, was a outfielder, left handed pitcher from Texas Arcana, committed to Arkansas. Uh, just a big athlete. Did you go and you look at his overall scores? Barrel speed was 89th percentile, impact 89th percentile, max acceleration. Uh, with his bat 98th percentile and then he ran uh, at the 98th percentile in both his 60 yard and 10 yard splits i'd rather gamble on uh you know a high speed at athlete it's it just another high-end athlete for the indian system a guy who had first round talk at times uh but it just didn't come together got paid decently well by the Pirates in the 14th round, they paid him uh, $268,700 with the savings. And again, that's why I kind of like Dylan. I mean, on top of having him rated higher, Dylan Smith's savings allowed me to get Braylon Bishop. So I get two huge athletes, two big risks, but two huge athletes with Baez and Bishop. And a lot of the class stays intact. It's really just changing three picks. So that is my Indian shadow draft. Uh, just some of the fun to throw out there. I mean, I'm me. I love the draft. I'll have more discussion of it. Like I said, we'll we'll discuss a player every week, probably starting with Reggie Crawford, who's maybe the most interesting player in this year's class. Uh, but and no, he's not the perfect guy to the Indians. That I'll, I will say that. Uh, but yeah, I 
I have a lot of fun with that. And like I said, as the season winds down, we'll have a lot more chance for the history, the deep dives. So let me know what you want to hear me talk about. This is where I really need to hear from the fans. Because once the season ends, it takes out a big chunk of what we discuss. So knowing what you want to hear, what's going to encourage you to tune in, that just helps me out. So help me help you make this show better. Let me know what you want to hear. Uh, I've been Jeff Ellis. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. And I want to thank you again for making Locked On Indians your first listen of the day. Uh, go check out another great Locked On podcast. And for the next year next week, really. Uh, Go Tribe. After that, go, go, Guardians, go.